This podcast is for everyone who doesn't need hormones to feel 25 again. This podcast is for people that don't need to Google what an iPhone charger looks like. He's the one guy that can match the Michigan three-point shooters, Luke Hancock, and he's done it to the tune of trying to get his team on the lead. And up ahead, Deceiver. Oh, oh. top by Harrell, and just like that, in the blink of an eye, Louisville comes from 12 down. Hello and welcome to the first episode of this as of yet unnamed podcast. <laughs> um, I am uh, one co-host, Gabe Diverge, and I'm, and I'm joined... the other. <laughs> <laughs> still, still figuring it out. I'm the other Chris Hatfield. And we are here to talk about Louisville sports, everything else. We're Chris. We're still trying to figure out a name. We have like an open like. We 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 have a few ideas. If anyone has any ideas, here's this sends one out. But we, we you know we've got a few ideas and we're we're thinking on it. Yeah, and I think that's how every podcast starts is everyone just constantly thinking of a podcast name. So we're in a we're in a full stage workshop. It's all good though. We're in a full stage workshop, but we uh, Chris and I have been talking for probably like two months now about uh, getting getting the gang get back together, doing a podcast, doing something. Um, you know, this is, I think, uh, safe to say the first of what we hope to be many things, podcast, not podcast related, um, to co- sort of get ourselves back into the game per se, as a, as you might say. Yeah. Just, just general buffoonery for the most part. Um, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. And I think there was no better time to really, uh, unpack the mics and bring out the, bring out the Skype <laughs> software, um, then for a coaching search, because goodness knows this city goes crazy for a coaching search, as they've done for the past week and a half. Uh, as, of course, as it, if you're listening to this, you know that uh, Coach Scott Satterfield has taken over for Bobby Petrino, uh, coming to Louisville from Appalachian State, where he was very successful. Of course, uh, Satterfield wasn't the first pick. He was... Um, you know, he was sort of the guy that AD Vince Tyre went after after uh, we had the Jeff Brom incident. That you know, and just like you know, first things off the bat, it's almost something you know, that I I kind of forget. You know, there's been so much excitement I think in the past 24, 48 hours about Satterfield, Chris. I, I think I, I wouldn't say we've forgotten about Brom, but I do think that this fan base has embraced Satterfield in, in a much better way than I was expecting. I mean, for starters, though, you can go away from that and just think about all the things this fan base has been through over the past two years. And just getting to the like this high of getting a guy who's excited to be here, who's, you know, you know, passionate is something just wonderful to see the Brom thing was just crushing. But it's it's per usual. It's per the course over the last two years. It's been a a ridiculous roller coaster and i don't know why we would expect that this would have been any different yeah it's definitely part of the course for louisville sports athletics in general and so you know we you know the the appalachian state mountaineers have their sunbelt conference championship on saturday it's pretty clear at that point that satterfield is the number one target by sunday night monday uh it's clear satterfield's the guy and, and tyree comes and gets him um Tuesday afternoon is is the meetings, the the approving of 
contracts. It looks like Chris, he's getting 4.25 million, I believe, uh, per year. Of course, there's some incentives if he wins things. Right. There'll be some, you know, your your general thought on on, on the on um, on the price, how much you thought uh, he was going for. Yeah, I mean, Tower came and got him in the red suit. I think we're uh, remiss <laughs> if we don't we don't mention that. No, but, it was absolute. That fit was absolute fames. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was beautiful. I think that should be an incentive for everyone to wear that. Um, but as far as the price, Mark, um, I really don't have any problems with it. Yeah, uh, as I think long as I they said, weren't. Yeah, I what think I said four point two five a second ago, yeah. and it's three point two five. Excuse me. Yeah, three point yeah. two five. And as you know, as long as they weren't giving him Jeff Brom money, I don't really know how you feel, but I, I, I think that's it. good enough. Um, I, I think it was it was kind of a uh, it's not really a blessing in disguise, but it that was the one you know one of the positives of not getting Brom is you do get to he gets to open up the checkbook a little bit more for his assistance, and it's going to make Louisville a little bit more attractive uh, for, you know, some people that he wants to get together. And that's obviously yeah. still pretty unclear at this point. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of guys out there that you'd like to see Louisville make a run at, maybe a Court Dennison, maybe, you know, um, Stefan LaForce has been mentioned here. Obviously he's coaching um, high school football around here. He's just bringing him in as, you know, a local recruiting guy, but yeah. Um, We'll see. Yeah, that's definitely. It's definitely the biggest question is recruiting. You know, you brought that up, and um, I mean, we know this dude can coach. You don't win as many games, you don't win as many uh, conference championships as as he did in Appalachian State. Um, you don't go into Happy Valley and 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 take Penn State to the absolute edge in overtime um, without being a good coach. And he's got he's got sort of the the culture type of feel. Um, that I think Louisville really wanted to get after, you know, by Petrino yep. when there pretty much was a lack of culture. I don't think you need us to tell you that. Um, you know, I, I, I joked, you know, I, I've been joking with you and I, I have to credit, um, you know, I have to credit Twitter user at Dr. of Dunk um, for saying, you know, did we just hire Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights? It's it's amazing. <laughs> he is he's the exact opposite of of Bobby Petrino in so many ways. And that's so beautiful because I don't, I don't think you could have, you know, picked a more different guy. He's at the press conference and he just gets up there and he's like, this is so awesome. This is great. And you can tell he's a genuine person and he's an actual human being compared to the guy who, you know, constantly speak in moan and tone, constantly gives you coach speak, constantly gives you no real emotion. Um, And that was cool. Um, That was just cool to see. (laughs) <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, he said many times he, you know, he was happy to be here. He was obviously he wanted this job. He wanted this opportunity. He did not come into this job. You know, I heard Jason Anderson say this uh, on the radio. He did not come into this opportunity without having done his research, without having learned and beforehand of what was wrong. And yeah. he played he played his cards at that opening press conference as perfectly as possible. He played his royal flush about as good as you can do that opening press conference. Goodness knows that doesn't win you any games, but he won that first game as much he, as he could have. Yeah, I think if you if you look at the notes that he really tried to stress, it was clear that there was there was some type of direction from Tyra about the things that yeah. fans wanted to say. Because there were a lot of hits on, um, you know, a lot of priority of we're going to open the, the doors for high school coaches. Local, local, local. I think he mentioned that three or four times. And right. That's, and uh, culture also. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. 
and that's obviously something that Bobby didn't did. I mean, there's going to be more stuff to come out, and there has been stuff that came out about how the last few years Bobby didn't even he didn't even show up at any of these high schools, any of these yeah. local local host guys didn't even make his face. So I yeah. mean, yeah, you, that, I think uh, if the listeners haven't heard or have not read that Jason Frakes article, I think you're you're referring to it's. Um, talks about the recruiting of some of these. I mean, that's the thing is, is there's been a ton of local talent lately that because of Bobby Petrino's incompetence, um, Louisville has not gotten to to take and keep at home. And Kentucky is getting those guys. Um, Purdue is getting those guys. Purdue's got Rondell Moore. The fact that that kid is not wearing red and white is a damn tragedy. It's uh, it, it's crazy. Um, you know that level of incompetence that we saw locally. And Satterfield, yeah, it's like you said, he he got the notes. He played those notes. He said the quote, the doors are open to anyone in the high school football community. And it's um, I'm really excited in that part. You know, and that's going to take, you know, 16, eight, you know, 18 months, two years for that to really pay off. But he's doing the legwork for sure. Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, I guess without writing on anyone's parade, I, I will say that. You know, you mentioned the guy can coach and you mentioned the recruiting woes. I don't worry about that as much, but there there is kind of concern that I have with Satterfield. It's just yeah. that he may be just a little too nice because I, I think that these guys definitely need a player coach. But yeah. the first time Petrino left, you heard from Cragthorpe about how much of a mess the locker room was about how much of the culture change needed to be and how a lot of guys just needed to get thrown off the team and told to, you know, you know pack their bags. And that's – I think that's going to have to be done with this team in some capacity. And that's just my small fear is that, you know, these guys don't just kind of railroad him because he, he's a younger guy. He's been in Boone, North Carolina his whole life. He's been around that system his whole life. And then he comes in a whole new area. Yeah. And, you know, some of those guys may just be like, who the fuck's this dude? So, I, I think, mean, I think I think that's that's a fair, you know, that's a fair thought. And I I saw the picture of Satterfield, uh, you know, he was addressing the team, I believe, for the first or second time. And the team, you know, the room kind of looked empty. And I don't know, I don't expect guys to be in there, you know, you know, excited to run through the wall but it just uh, it was a little bit of a concern and it did bring that up for me as well it's you know how is he going to you know there's a lot of work to be done there's a rebuild there's a lot um uh, culture wise there's a lot to be done so we'll have to wait and see i think i i completely agree but you know i kind of jumping off that i think there is talent there you know, yeah. there is a lot of talent. There's, you know, the receiving core is really good. Um, there is, there are running backs who I think will be able to fit his system. The biggest question marks on the offensive side of the ball are, of course, the quarterback position and the tight end position, which there's only one guy going to be on scholarship as of right now. So they've got to figure that out ASAP. I think that's some, that won't be as hard as quarterback, which um, goodness knows. I, 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 I personally don't think. Uh, that either Puma Pass or um, or uh, Cunningham will be starting next season, and it seems Satterfield feels the same way because he said that's also a point of concern for him. You know, Chris, what do you what do you think immediately? I mean, obviously we're you know six months away from this being a big thing, but do you think it's possible to to think about even you know maybe there's a bowl next season? You think that's crazy or out of the question? Well, I think that. 
that all comes down to how much Satterfield is willing to, you know, break his mode to fit just this team. Because I, I think this yeah. team isn't really going to be anything what it looks like in the future, what he wants to do. If he wants to take a system and look and be like, hey, Lee Cunningham, we're going to run the option and, you know, we're going to be Georgia Techie. We're going to throw the ball six, seven times a game. Or we're going to run the ball, do the option with you and Hall or, or whoever's in the backfield there. And I, I think that can work. Um, will it win them six games? You know, it's it's tough to say. But I do think that a guy might Malik Cunningham, while he's very raw and he can't really throw the ball, I, I do think yeah. he's as good of an athlete as any guy he's ever seen. Um, that he's probably ever had in his program being at, being at App State because there's no doubt that the guy can fly. He can. Hey, we saw even in the Kentucky game when half the team would, didn't even really want to be there, the 80-yard the touchdown run that he had. And of course, we've yeah. seen sparks of it here and there. He's obviously – I, I don't, don't know that he'll even finish the season next year as a quarterback, but I think that could be just a very basic starting point to go. Um Outside of that, you obviously got you have Des Fitzpatrick. There's a couple guys on defense, so maybe it's there, maybe it's not. But I think what you really just want to see next year is just investment in the players. Uh, because I mean, how often do we see this year just guys not even trying? It's it's. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was it was happening, and and you, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening saw the Twitter videos saw what was happening it's it was happening every play it was it was uh, guys weren't coming out there and that's that's one thing you know going back to the press conference Satterfield mentioned you know he talked about the fact that uh, that he wanted players to get on the field and you know quote play for the other 10 guys and right. play for their teammates and and have some pride in their play because they knew that they that they were being relied on and and, and that was something completely missing from these past few years of Petrino teams. And it's something that goes back even to when Lamar Jackson was around here. And it actually it something he, Lamar Jackson said, um, apparently in, over the weekend was, was funny to me and made me think about this. Uh, he mentioned to the CBS NFL staff, uh, that he would always, um, in practice and in games, he would always go after the guys he knew weren't working hard. They would take a playoff. Right. He would look for those guys. And I can only imagine what, you know, Benny Snell saw when he, he hit that gap and saw oh, yeah. the, the faces of those defenders. Because he saw a lot of guys taking that playoff and taking the next three plays off. And what's what's funny about that is just keep in mind the relationship that Lamar Jackson and Bobby Petrino had after Lamar Jackson left the program. Um, yeah. so I, I think, <laughs> I think Which it wasn't was much, much. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't much at all. And I think he was kind of aware of what was going on. He was like, you know, probably pretty laughable by him that people even considered he was staying, you know, in hindsight, because I, I think when, I guess his sophomore year, when he really left, there were some people that still considered there was a chance he could say, and looking back that. That seems that so ridiculous. silly. And thank goodness he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness he didn't. But I mean, I think you look at next year and I think you look at go beat Eastern Kentucky, obviously. Right. Win at Western Kentucky because as down as you are, they were pretty garbage this year. And then go to the Kentucky game and com- compete. And I think you look at that, you're three in state rivals, or not three in state rivals, one in state rival and just state pride, I guess. Yeah. Um, win those games and start from there. Um, and I think you want to win a conference game, obviously. I don't think anybody, uh, I think, there's, four, yeah, 
four wins is a good baseline, I think. A bowl game possible, but I don't think it should be the expectation. Although Vince Tyra seems to think otherwise. Yeah, and I think, you know, just looking at the schedule now, they're, they're winnable games. You know, I don't I don't expect them to come in day one, you know, September the 2nd, Labor Day, ACC Network, and come in and beat Notre Dame. You know, that'd be great, but that right. I don't expect that. I mean, but you get, you get, you know, home games against Boston College, Syracuse, Virginia, um, and at, and a, an away game at Wake Forest. You get yeah. at Miami. Miami might be in shambles um, as, as they kind of appeared to be at the end of this season. Um, you know, there's winnable games there. I, you know, I can see I could see a conference game too. But I'm right there with you. You know, personally. Yeah, boss. Um, go ahead. I was going to say Boston College. They'll bring back AJ Dillon, but Syracuse right. pretty much loses everyone. Uh, they lose their quarterback and some guys on defense, so that's definitely the more winnable games of that. But yeah, um, investment more in the program from the players, more so than wins and losses, I think is the best way to measure next season. That's fair. That's fair, and it'll be really interesting to me, and you know, in the immediate future, just seeing how you know, say, seeing who stays. You know, I hate to say it that way, but seeing who stays, seeing who responds. Um, there were some players like Des Fitzpatrick. Um, I, I, you know, recall seeing really, really Day Williams as well seem to really be excited um, for this new chapter. So who's going to buy in? Who's going to put the money where their mouth is? Who are we going to see in those strength and conditioning videos ringing the bell? Um, that's right. what I'm going to be looking for in the next few months. Yeah. And if I mean, if you don't want to be here, now's the time to go. Yeah, no, <laughs> no question. Um I think that, you know, that about covers it, I think, on the, in, the, in the Satterfield side. And, of course, there'll be plenty more to come. And um, as that staff as that staff gets uh, filled out, um, we'll, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about on that front. Um, but yeah. there is other things happening. You know, we're recording this on uh, Thursday night. And on Saturday, Chris Mack is taking the men's basketball team up to Assembly Hall to face off against a fellow, um, fellow youngish coach. Um, in, in, in Indiana, uh, Mr. Sean Miller. And, um, so, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Chris, you know, what are your initial thoughts? You know, we were talking a little bit earlier on Twitter. Uh, seems like Sagarin has Louisville winning. Ken Palm has Louisville losing. What do you, what's your initial thought process of, of how this, you know, what, what this game measures up to be? Man, I hate Indiana. First of all, <laughs> that's, that's my initial Initial thoughts. I I really hate Indiana basketball because they are the group of people that they've always told you that they're this and they're never this. They they're always wanting to be a part of a group that they don't belong in. And I just hate Indiana basketball. I hate their court and it's I hate everything about their gym. It's not really anything special. It's very loud there, but it's 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 a crackerjack box. Um, but <laughs> as far as the game, um. You know, I think it's the biggest opportunity that Louisville's had this season um, because I I seen you brought it up. If if this is a must win, I think that's an interesting question. We can get to that in a moment. But I I think that Louisville is in a very good place where they go into Assembly Hall. If they win this game, then uh, I think they'll be ranked. I think they'll be one of the talks of college basketball. And, you know, I kind of think it's a, hey, we're back moment. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I think, you know, beating Michigan State was a big deal. Um, unfortunately, I think the kind of the 
the you know playing on the same night as Zion was kind of a um, was kind right. of a, a, a knock against Louisville. They didn't get a whole lot of the limelight, and I think just in general, there's an idea with Michigan State teams that what you see in November isn't going to be what you see in March and Izzo and et cetera. Um, and, and that Seton Hall win, you know, that's 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 a quadrant one win, assuming Seton Hall is, is still decently, you know, um, in the top 100. That's a quadrant one win, but. Uh, it's it wasn't you know that's not gonna that's not gonna roll the presses for you so right. I think there's kind of this bubbling under oh well here comes Louisville but yeah, I'm right there with you beat Indiana at Indiana on Fox 2:30 it's gonna be a big game um, and and is that's it, the it, hello welcome back is it 2:30 or is it four o'clock I think it's 2:30 yeah it's okay 2:30. it is 2:30 I'm just yeah. hoping that Gus Johnson's on the call but um, I think I sure. have a I have a feeling that Gus is going to be on the game after, which is UK, uh, Seton okay. Hall. But we'll see. That might be. That be. That actually would be dope. I'll have to yeah, look that up while we're, we're talking. Um, but yeah, no, it's for me. Yeah, I'm. You know, I went last night um, to watch them play uh, Central Arkansas. Check out and see. You know how they're doing. You're not going to get much from Central Arkansas. They're the second worst team in Ken Palm that they've played all year. Um, but it's just striking to see sort of the evolution of this team. And, and um, you know, we saw a lot of Stephen Enoch last night. Um, it would be really interesting to see how Louisville reacts. Cause the Seton Hall game was, they had a good awake crowd, but it wasn't, I mean, it's not going to be right. anywhere near as loud as what that, what that crowd is going to be like <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. Sure. I mean, assembly hall is going to be stupid, crazy. Um, it's going to be wild. Um, there's not really any way around it. If it was, if it was even a night game, I think it'd even be crazier, but I don't think it's going to matter. Um, when, when it's a big opponent, um, it's one of the toughest places in the country to play. I don't, don't think anybody would disagree with that. I think the central Arkansas game, um, like you said, there's not much you can't take away with it. I do think, Louisville dominating in the fashion they did, you can take a little bit away from because I think there are a few teams around college basketball that haven't done that with a lot of the opponents they've no, played. No, you're right. Yeah, and it, cough, it was, cough, Kentucky. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was nice to see that just zero question, especially sandwich in such a big week in Michigan State and Seton Hall. Absolutely, absolutely. But, um, you know, as far as it relates to Indiana, I think if you look at the, the last game against Penn State um, – who I think Louisville is better than. I think Penn State's much improved, but Penn State went 11 from 26 from the free throw line. And Indiana won by two. Um, yeah. And that's that's not going to happen um, for Louisville. I can promise you that. And I just thought that was an interesting note. And even the Arkansas game, um, the one that Indiana lost by two, Arkansas went 11 from 19, and I don't think that would even happen to Louisville. But Indiana is a team that doesn't really foul a lot, so I'm not sure how significant that is. But in those two games, it's it seems a little notable. No, I completely agree. And it's you know I watched I caught a little bit at that uh, of that game on my way back from um, the Louisville game, and it, it was pretty clear Romeo Langford was was taking over. And right. you know the loss of uh, of Juwan Morgan is you know I, I'm not sure exactly how long he's going to be gone but you know it's it was pretty clear it was it was it was pretty clear that they didn't have another they needed he's the senior on the team you know and it's obvious and and, and I'm I'm a, I was a little worried cuz for for Indiana cuz I, I I want this game to be really good on Saturday 
and I, I hope you know I hope it is. <laughs> I, th- I think it'd be a great, a great you know a great atmosphere. But question for you, you know why I just mentioned Romeo Langford, who of course at one period of time was uh, favored to be going to Louisville. He scored 17 points last night, over under 17 points on Saturday for Romeo Langford. <laughs> I'd say under. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just because of the Duke game, uh, I guess it was 11 points. I think that's his lowest scoring point yeah. total of the year. Yeah. And uh, you look at the Duke defenders, and you want to get very advanced and look at the stats. They don't have a defender that has a uh, defensive rating in the triple digits. And Louisville actually has two. Um Christian Cunningham and and Quan Four, and I think he'll see a dosage of both of them. And I think it would be one of those games where it's probably going to be 13 or 15, so it'd be pretty close. He could get right at 17. But I I think what you're going to see Louisville do is pack the paint um, and not give Indiana Indiana for the most part this year they've got almost half their shots at the rim. Um, so I, I think you're going to see Louisville kind of pack the paint and make them shoot jumpers, make them shoot threes, which they can hit, but uh, I think Louisville will live with that. So I, I would say under 17. Right, right. And, and you know, it will be interesting kind of looking at some of the statistics of Louisville, you know, how they've played. They're shooting a lot more. I think it's 37% of their shots are coming from three-point land. Right. Um, yeah, and IU's been pretty good, you know, defending the three. Um, their their opponents are only shooting 27%. Uh, it's 23rd in the country. So they're, they're pretty good um, at, at the long-range defense. Um, it will, I'm, I'm just – I'm really excited to see how these two teams match up because it, it's – we don't see this that often and – you know this matchup. Uh, you know we have having this whole series has been really fun. But you know it's been great team, that somebody will play them. I know it's been great. <laughs> but I think I think you know the kind of the the narratives. You know not not trying to be all ESPN-y, but the narratives really are interesting. You know having um, you know having Louisville come in this new team, a little bit of an upstart. Romeo Langford, the store. You know he almost went to Louisville. And just right. in general, you know, what's going on with Archie in, in, in his second year? I think I said Sean Miller earlier, I just realized. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. They they have about the same achievements. So. No, absolutely. And speaking of Chris Mack, you know, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, this game. Is it need is is it a is it a must win? You know, question for you. I I don't remember who said it, but after I think it was after the Seton Hall game, someone tweeted out Chris Mack, potentially national coach of the year front runner. Um what are your thoughts on that? And, and do you think, you know, I think this is going to be a really interesting opportunity for Chris Mack on the national stage um, to show how his defense can maybe take away a big threat like Romeo Langford. Uh, do you think he's already the, the, the coach of the year runner, front runner? And, and, and what does this season need to look like for, for that to be an option for you? Yeah. And you said that, I, I kind of thought that was interesting because it was really something that I haven't thought of. And, I honestly thought of how great would it be for Chris Mack to win national coach of the year just after Mark Stoops won SEC coach of the year. That would just be a nice, <laughs> a nice one up. But, um, I mean, you go into assembly hall and you win, I think you can, you can have that argument. I think, um, there's some other guys in the ACC that are doing a great job. I think one guy who won't get coach of the year because his team probably won't even make the tournament, but one guy you could look at is Jeff Capel. They've, Pittsburgh's won seven games. Yeah, they won eight games last year. They were so so bad at basketball. They lost. <laughs> I mean, they lost to Montana by twenty. They got drilled by Louisville. Um, so that I mean, that's a guy yeah. in the conference that I would look at. But outside of that, I, 
I think Chris is, I think this team's done a great job and far more than, you know, the national expectation was even just the win in that Michigan game was so huge. And the Michigan state game, the, the crazy thing about that game was the way they won. They almost out toughed Michigan state. They almost Which beat them cra- at their yeah, own, it, own game. It's crazy. It, it's it, and, and, and I think that's one going back that we're just going to look at, you know, two years from now, three years from now and be like, well, that's, that's where he really started to make his mark. And I think that's going to be, you know, kind of the, the, the blueprint of his teams, you know, right. showing off the, that, that video of, of a Koi gal writing eight kills on the, on the whiteboard after Seton Hall and, and you know, them explaining what that was in, in it to the uninitiated. That's, um, you know, Chris Mack really stresses this kill statistic, which is three straight defensive stops. So it kind of kills any momentum that the opponent has. And it's, you know, people were, I think were a little concerned coming in with Chris Mack that the defensive identity wouldn't be there. You know, the Rick Pitino press is it's hallmark. It's, it's, it's an ingrained in Louisville basketball as just about anything else. And to see him really care about those types of things and, and being gritty and, and toughing things out, um, it's been a welcome thing for me. Cause that's not something I really was. Ex- it's not that it's not that I wasn't expecting it. It's just, it wasn't something I was looking for out of these teams. Right. And it's something he's really instilled and, 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 and done. And, I've been so excited and really excited to see how that pans out up in Assembly Hall. What's What's hilarious is this team kind of has the feel of a Rip Bettino team going Absolutely. into December, and like it was always with him. It was like you know they're they're good defensively initially, and the offense is coming around, coming around. Then they had that game where it's just like, yes, they got it. And I, for me, that that game with that Seton Hall game was <laughs> it looked so bad for the first five minutes. Um, and that was kind of one of those games where I just kept thinking that I'm like, wow, um, th- this kind of feels that way. But yeah, um, this this Indiana game is is going to tell everyone a lot because I I think you look at this season, um, you know, you can look at it in kind of four game stretches, and for Michigan State, Seton Hall, Central Arkansas, and Indiana. And you're looking at Louisville potentially going 4-0 in that stretch. And if they go 4-0 in that stretch, I don't think there's – I think the conversation immediately switches from what seed is this team, not if they're an NCAA tournament team. Because I think they can kind of solidify that with Absolutely. the Louisville Hall for sure. Absolutely. And, and and these are the types of wins that they need because, you know, February is is such a such a gauntlet when you've got, you know, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Duke, Clemson, five games in a row, crazy games. You know these wins early are are really really valuable for Louisville um, because things can get ugly quick and I wouldn't blame any team for losing a couple in a row there in that tough stretch in February. But yeah, I think Saturday in general is going to be you know, for me. And I've gotten a few questions from people, you know, uh, looking at what Kentucky's been doing and be like, hey, what's it look like for the 29th? The the curse is still on. Kentucky won the football game that in the past nine years. That's meant that Louisville will win the basketball game. I think Saturday is going to tell us a lot in that respect, um, seeing how tough this team can be at Assembly Hall. And then you also get a glimpse of Kentucky versus Seton Hall. Kentucky playing a team that Louisville won, toughed it out against. If Kentucky can't go in there and win, that tells me a lot about Louisville. And that tells sure. me a lot about how I can feel about the 29th, to be quite honest. Uh, I do have a question for you, though, as it relates to Indiana. Do you yeah. uh, you have uh, BJ King double-digit points or not? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. And, 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 you know, I mentioned, I talked about, you know, I talked about central Arkansas being not that important, but you know, for a guy who needs the confidence, seeing yourself being the number two play on sports center had to have been great for VJ King. That had to have felt great. And that's exactly the thing that kid needed. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, you know, I, it's it's we'll felt see. like the last two years that Louisville has needed a psychiatrist on their on their team because there's <laughs> there there's been a guy with shaky confidence. It was it was Wayne Blackshear who obviously I hate to do the comparison because the BJ King Wayne Blackshear comparison is so lazy. It's so lazy. But <laughs> it, it's it's so natural and it happens. And and at the end of you know his senior year, he absolutely broke out of that shell and was pretty much the reason that that team made it to Elite Eight and damn near, I guess it was Michigan State um, that they lost to, um, damn near made it to the Final Four. But, you know, it, it, I think he's the guy that you can say, hey, Louisville can make the tournament without him, but hey, you know, if he turns it on, Louisville can make the Sweet 16. And I think that's kind of the ceiling for this team. That's a, kind of the way I feel. Um, and, you know, obviously Louisville makes it to the Sweet 16, and I think you're building a statue for Chris Mack. No question. That's a ticker tape parade. Sweet 16, man, second weekend, that's a ticker tape parade with what, yeah. this, what this fan base has been through in the past 24 months in basketball. That's 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 easy money for for, for that guy. And I, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, I don't know if it's this weekend, but I think – I want to believe that VJ is going to have a game against a big opponent. You know, sometimes those types of weird performances happen against Kentucky. You know, they certainly happen on the Kentucky side in that matchup a lot. Dominic Cox. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. He's never, he'd never, he'd never scored more than two threes in a game and drains five. Don't even get me started. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, I think VJ King is going to have that game. Uh, is it going to be against Indiana? Maybe that'd be great, especially coming off of this performance. Um, but I'm right there with you. He, he, there's going to be a time where he's called upon, um, where, where something's going to happen, where he's going to be needed. And I hope he's ready to step up to the challenge. Yeah. And and you know, just one more thing on that. Taking, taking guys off the dribble is, you know, clearly his game, even the Seton, Seton Hall game, which is where he looked just completely lost there was the so, airball three and there was yeah. a few other things and he made that really big play that gave Louisville the I guess the final go-ahead bucket um I think that was a confidence booster and I, I think you know we'll see um I guess that's the best way to put it but it would certainly be interesting no question no question and you know nothing but the best form it was crazy to see you posted that um that tweet about the all-time greatest or the all-time highest rated uh, Louisville recruits That's and to me. see him seventh on the list man is just um to see how little we've gotten out of that is is, is crazy and hey. he's another hopefully he's not another chapter in that long list of Louisville highly rated recruits uh, that that we didn't get a whole lot out of um, half those guys didn't put a jersey on so this is tough there yeah is it it's uh, uh, uh don't even get us started we'll get, we'll get there another day um but one thing you know while we're still you know before we kind of shift gears and um tying things back to Satterfield one thing i i kind of was noticed um an observation is Tyra kind of not to, not to say that that Satterfield is mac but Tyra's made two hires to me that that there's something between the two that are really similar they're both family first kind of old school guys in terms mm-hmm. of 
culture creators, um, kind of CEOs of, of the programs and, um, you know, kind of, kind of a different kind of vibe that I think some of other programs are going, especially other big time programs are going. And, you know, if you, you know, want to talk about amateurism and you want to talk about, you know, kind of treating players like their players as opposed to student athletes, I hear them say student, both of these guys say student athletes a decent amount. You know, what do you, what do you think in terms of, um, you know, how do you, how do you, what do we make of Tyre making these kind of similar hires right. in, in kind of this general evolution of college basketball? That sounds like, a, or college sports, sounds like a thesis, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's pretty dope that you have the Louisville basketball coach and the Louisville football coach and you both feel like you could just walk up to a bar and just have a beer with them. <laughs> I, I, I think that's cool. Um, I don't think that's ever like been the case. And I think that's been interesting, like an approach from Tyra, like these, these are real people, you know, that they, they let their personalities show. Um, Satterfield follows Fox news on Twitter. So that's a problem, but (laughs) that's a conversation for another day. Um, But, you know, they, they let their personality show. And I think that's cool. And I think, I think especially the football program, they need a player's coach. Um, yeah, we're going to shift back there anyway, because I, th- I think it's just such a breath of fresh air. But, you know, how much just little comments about when um, I guess the the week that Petrino left um, whammy um, when he <laughs> when he ate with the players and how that was such a big deal for them. And that's just crazy. That's, that's nuts. That's that's yeah. absolutely absurd. No, you're right. Familiarity and, and approachfulness, like you, know, you said it, you know, I feel like I can go up to Chris Mack and just, you know, you just have a conversation. And I've heard from people say that that's the reality. Right. And, and that students have done that and and uh, fans have done that. And I, I guess I'm guessing Satterfield seems like the same type of guy. You know, he's, you know, his Twitter account, as you mentioned, you know, he says God family football, like that's a <laughs> down home football guy he's definitely from north carolina he's definitely from north carolina and that's cool that's what and, and it's it's just interesting i think you know in in this day and age it's it's a little different from from what you're seeing nationally and um i but i don't think that that doesn't mean it can't work and yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited to see it kind of flow out i think the difference is because vince tower before he was the athletic director he was a fan um, and that's that's not really the case with a lot of guys. I'm not really an expert on you know athletic directors across the country, but Mitch Barnhart doesn't strike me as a guy that was a you know lifelong fan of Kentucky before he started there. Jeff Long, who left Arkansas to go to Kansas, who you know a lot of people kind of revere as one of the best best athletic directors in the country, definitely wasn't a fan of either of those programs. Yeah. So I I think he looks at it more from i think he looks at it from a business perspective you know knowing his background but i think he also looks at it from a fan just being a ordinary fan now it it makes sense and it's uh it's a breath of fresh air it's um it's 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 something that's developing and you know we're gonna get to see you know how this how this program grows in this new era you know everyone's worried about what was going to happen when george left and i you, know, you don't get an opportunity as an athletic director very often to to make both a football and a basketball hire in less <laughs> no than twelve kidding. months. And you know, obviously, we're not far removed from both of them, so things could go south. 
but at this point in time, I don't think anyone can say he he messed it up or he screwed the pooch, um, and and that's that's definitely a, a sigh of relief. Yeah, it's. I, I still have to, you know, harken back sometimes to just what's happened to this university over the last two years because it's it's just crazy to see. And I think Tyra, I think there's no denying that that Tom George was kind of the guy um, for the program to, you know, make the strides they they took. And I think Tyra's the best guy to kind of su- sustain that and keep that momentum going. And, Absolutely. you know, we'll see where we go. And the ACC yeah. network will um, be kind of the biggest next, you know, growth opportunity, I, I guess. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, I've already got, I've already got my ACC, um, my ACC maker's mark bottle with uh, Tom Church. <laughs> I've already got it replaced with a, uh, that's the move. <laughs> but yeah. So I think, you know, um, for sports-wise, you know, Louisville sports, I think that's about all we've got. But I think we wanted to talk about a few other things, you know, moving on. What what, what was on your mind, Chris? I know you had a few things. Um, I just want to talk about how incredible the Nextdoor app is, honestly. <laughs> like, it's – I don't know if anyone is even, like, familiar with it or, you know, knows even what if – you're, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. So the Nextdoor app is – it's an app that pretty much acts in like Facebook, and it wants to, wants to kind of create a community, community with neighbors right? Um, just that live in your neighborhood, I guess, and create a more yeah, so like together. Yeah, so like you download the app, and so like let's – like for example, I live in the Windy Hills neighborhood right off Westport Road. So I register, and I say where I live, and then sort of I can open up the app, and it's just like Facebook. But there's all these things going on. But the reason why it's ridiculous is just because it's like the inane – it takes the most inane and stupid parts of Facebook, like like minus all the politics and stuff, mm-hmm. and puts just like the stupid parts on here. Like for example, I just like – I'm scrolling down and a woman just posted a picture of a deer and just like deer headed towards Bonfire Drive from Indian Ridge Road. <laughs> Tried to see, but looked scared. Wouldn't come close. And I'm just like, Meg, well, it's you a deer. Not need to know. Like, thank you, Meg. Appreciate it. Thanks for the heads up. Keep it up, fam. <laughs> I, I, I can't read all these paragraphs. And I mean, bless Becky from Clifton's heart. But the message says, "Can anyone tell me how to put my picture on my profile? I would like for everyone to know me on site. And I think, just my opinion, we should all do that." That way, when we see each other at Kroger, we can say hello. And it, it goes on and on and on, and it's just, I don't know. It, yeah. It's incredible. It's I, it's something I highly recommend, and there's a really good Twitter account called Best of Nextdoor. Oh, there is. is. That on steroids. Are you not following that? No, I'm not following oh, that. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> that's a day. Just go through the Best of Nextdoor, and it's Oh man, this lady just this. She just happened to. She got the same idea that, uh, that we all do when we see next door young people. It, and it's we, great. It's great for Louisville because Louisville's the city that still is a city, but it's still small, like a town. So it, it just kind of proves that theory more. No, no question. And like even and like some hilarious stuff happens. And like like I'm just looking now at this happened. There's a holiday cheer map. So you can see where <laughs> I'm sure this is going to be an issue. 
and uh, in <laughs> sure, my it's be an issue. <laughs> in my neighborhood, there was a uh, we we are a small city, so we have our own elections. We have a, a city council, right? And uh, bef- the weeks leading up to the election, the biggest thing we were voting on, uh, there was one gentleman who um, did not want to continue. We were doing like a recycling kind of pilot program, and he did not want to continue. And then the woman running against him for mayor did want to continue and wanted to make it every week. And it was just – it was wall-to-wall excitement and just who's you know who's in support of recycling? Why aren't you in support of recycling? Also, the uh, – the You had your own little Topgolf experiment. Oh, we had our own little Topgolf thing. And the Halloween, which day are we doing Halloween? My oh, goodness. my lord. It was just – you know, that was an event that was tailor-made for Louisville, actually, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> if any community can botch Halloween, it was us. And it was it actually came down to the city didn't want to move Halloween because it was too late. And then some people on Nexor just said, we're just going to create flyers and put them around the neighborhood and say we're doing Halloween the night before. <laughs> Deal with it. And they did. And so people came around the night before. <laughs> Then there's then there's the people that you know that if they did Halloween when it was raining outside and when everyone could get sick, they were going to give the children more candy because they're out there proving something, <laughs> which was a whole nother angle to me that I didn't even think about. But that's it, it, it's really a shame we weren't doing this when Top Golf was going on because I mean my goodness the Hurstborn Top Golf the Hurstborn next door like I wish I was a, a resident there. Because it's got to be popping off at all times, right? <laughs> just, just anyone just like uh, talking about Top Golf in any way, shape, or form is just like a bomb is dropped, and you just got to run away. <laughs> Two favorite things that happened in Lola this year: Papa John getting just exiled from the city, and Top Golf. No question, and that's. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about Top Golf at some point, um, but I'm glad you brought that up. And if yeah. anybody. If anybody at home wants to join in the fun, download the Nextdoor app. We didn't get paid for that, but it's just good quality fun, especially for, especially for millennials to watch older people react to it. Um, but speaking of Louisville, the other thing I, I kind of wanted to touch on, um, you know, it's the end of the year, and uh, today Thursday, as I mentioned, we got the uh, we got the Spotify Wrapped playlist today, so everyone got to post their favorite thing, what they were listening to the most. So Chris, I wanted to ask you. What were some of your favorite things in Louisville? You know, meals, restaurants. You kind of went on with the with the Top Golf being the best event in the right. in the city and Papa John's. But what were some of the the places and and new things and interesting things you uh, you enjoyed most in our year of our Lord 2018? <laughs> um, honestly, like my favorite thing that's happened in Louisville this year was just seeing the continued music growth of the city. Um, honestly, there's a lot of like cool people that are doing really cool things. Um, that's kind of unique to Louisville. Um, Jack Harlow is the one that comes yeah. to mind and, you know, that's seeing right. him with, um, Sway in the morning was for me, it was like, a giddy, yeah, like a giddy, like kid, like moment <laughs> for me because I, I grew up like listening to Sway all the time and seeing a guy from Louisville do that was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, just, just, I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest thing, honestly, that was one of my favorite parts, him, um, Dr. Dundiff, uh, who's done some really cool stuff. Um, really, really cool stuff. Yeah. I think Louisville's like hip hop singing is kind of brimming. It's kind of, uh, 
underground thing that yeah. a lot of people don't really know about. Yeah, and I know that's something we've talked about, and and you know, you know, even in kind of talking about this podcast and some of the things we want to do, um, we want to, you know, we want this to be not just about local sports, but just kind of everything in between. Right. Uh, so that's something I'm sure we'll be talking about. Completely agree with you. I saw Harlow open up for Ray Schremer two years ago at an all ages show and it was That's incredible. A, sh- a show I didn't know was all ages and I went to the bar and I said, Hey, let me get a beer. I said, We can't, there's fifteen year olds here. <laughs> and I was like, Dang, that's devastating. <laughs> and my buddy and I were just like, At least we we, we got a drink before. <laughs> um and it was it was honestly hilarious because he had just as much energy as two, you know, well known global rappers and uh he Serving opened up alcohol. <laughs> not serving alcohol to Ray Schremer concert feels like it should be illegal to be which was hilarious that. because Ray Schremer 100% was serving alcohol to themselves uh, yeah, <laughs> so for on sure. stage and it was just, there's 15 year olds everywhere and I, my buddy and I were just like we effed up <laughs> we should not be here <laughs> oh, at least during the Tyler the Creator show we had a VIP section we, could, we paid 10 bucks to get into so we'd have to deal with the youth but Where did you was, see him at? We couldn't escape at uh, at Mercury Ballroom. But okay. at, at, we were at the Palace. This this show this Ray Schremer show was at the Palace. But anyway, so yeah, that was a uh, that was even before Harlow signed and um to uh, I for, I forget who he signed with, but you know, he went to a lot of festivals this year. He did Forecastle, of course. Um and uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Just um seeing the, people rep the 502, man, just on on a larger scale, like it's corny as that sounds it's yeah it's they're amazing. doing it unabashedly too like it's they're mentioning their music you see you see bryson tiller like i mean three of his i guess three of his songs off his new album at least mentioned louisville multiple yeah. times and yeah. to make and, it a point to be like hey i'm from louisville and you're damn yeah. sure gonna know that i'm from there is even better yeah i actually saw a tweet from bryson today he's in miami for the art basil events i think he said and uh it seemed it seemed kind of kind of a hey i'm gonna be unveiling some new music soon which is right. of course exciting yeah. so yeah I, I agree with you there i think for me um it, what's really been interesting is, is sort of kind of the change you know we had some some real big changes downtown i actually got to go to the omni for the first time the other weekend and seeing sort of some of these things happen that only happen in big cities um, you know, bigger cities like an Omni opening up, um, you know, the music scene taking off, new kind of venues opening up. Uh, we get, we, you know, we're filming this, you're, we're taping this right now, and literally the, the Top Chef thing is happening. Right. And it's, I think we're kind of at the stage of like the 502 come up where the come up is kind of getting, it's, it's people have been saying, kind of whispering, kind of the cool people have been saying, hey, like, it's <laughs> kind of cool. But I think sort of the fruits of those labors are coming out at this did point. You, uh, did you stay at the Omni? I did not. I just went. Okay. So I went, you, haven't seen the, you haven't seen the carpets there? I have not seen the carpets, the legendary okay. carpets. Nice. But I did see the, the kind of speakeasy bar uh, right. that they have that's like a, a, bowling, um, a bowling spot. Uh, saw their, their library bar is also cool. Um, I went the same night that they were having a big event for – uh, hospice care. I wasn't there for that, but it, we kind of just meandered in after a holiday party, right? And, uh, and went and got a drink or two, and make it. They make a good old fashioned down there for sure. It's uh, seventeen dollars, but <laughs> or seventeen dollars old fashioned. Sixteen dollars, but uh, I guess it's worth it. I guess I don't know, <laughs> but no, but it, I mean seriously, it's like you know, and just 
some of these things that are happening, the rabbit, you know, the rabbit hole distillery opened up down on Nulu and um, some of the, I think that's a the, good mention for sure. The cool, of, it's, it's very, it's very like a non, you know, I'm not really like labeling a specific thing, but it sort of feels like we've reached a new phase of the quote unquote, you know, five would do come up and the quote unquote Louisville is a thing. Yeah. Like a, My God, this city is completely different than it was five years ago. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. can't really say that for a lot of places. Indianapolis has looked the exact same my entire life, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, Nashville's a little bit different, but it's also $200 to stay anywhere there, so I don't really go there either. Um, but, yeah, Louisville's, <laughs> Louisville's super cool, um, especially in comparison to the race that, the places that are around it. And, yeah, and just seeing the growth over, like, the last few years with yeah. the things you mentioned. The distilleries is one thing that doesn't really get mentioned much. But, you know, the Rabbit Hole, uh, the Copper and Kings, the, those those places coming up in downtown, and even the Angels Envy building yeah, is, that opened up too, yeah. is, is fairly new. Um, and I saw that the Old Forester one that they're putting next to um, – um, Right next to the um center. I'm not even sure what. Yeah, I think it's it's. Yeah. A, I think that place is open now. now. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a cool little little thing that's definitely unique to obviously the state of Kentucky. So it's cool to see Louisville kind of pushing yeah. pushing their uniqueness we, more. We had heard we had heard for years that's like you know, Greg Fisher says bourbonism like bourbon tourism, and I kind of thought that was kind of BS. I was kind of like, oh, this is just kind of our thing that we're thinking of nicely. Right. And I, I heard there's some other distillery that's that's now gonna buy a bunch of land in in uh, Oldham County. It was like in the news two days ago or something. And when they were talking about it, and the guy said, you know, I kind of want these distillers to be more like wineries. And I was like, dude, that like clicked a hundred percent for me. I was like, okay, that's what this needs to be, and that's what it's becoming. And I'm, you know, every time I kind of I, I found myself at a few places this year, you know, whether it be Silver Dollar. Or, uh, you know, garage bar downtown or, right. or some of some of the other, you know, kind of trendier type spots. And there's someone at the bar who's not from Louisville. And I'm like, wait, you're from like, you know, Madison, Wisconsin. What are you doing? It's like, oh, man, I just came with some friends. We wanted to go do some bourbon tours. And it's we're reaching that point where it's not just a person I meet here and there. And every single time I'm at garage bar, it's people who are from out of town. It's yeah. like that, that spot in the summer is now just straight up an out of towner spot which is for better, for worse, but it's it's crazy to, to think that Louisville is going in that direction. Yeah, I remember when we were on a road trip, um, me and my girlfriend went on a road trip this year, and we uh, talked to a guy from Portland who um, said, I guess he had spent some time in Austin, Texas, or he was from there, um, and he talked about how much Louisville reminded him of Austin, Texas and reminded him of Portland, but a cooler one because it, you know, it kind of, maintain its identity and made sure it didn't get too too large uh and that was something that really struck for me and i was like wow like you know this this guy why would you live on the west coast your entire life and want to go visit kentucky (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and like just to hear people from that what you're what you're saying it's 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 pretty good and we've got you know we've got our problems you know yeah it it it, it isn't perfect i don't think we either of us would would say that but that's something we'll have to end up discussing on this podcast we will i I think that's i think the the problems is something that's worth discussing for sure that's what you know we want us to be you know sports is sports is our forte but you know, we definitely think that the city, you know, there's some opportunities for, for young guys like us to talk about what's going on in the city. And uh, we, we're hoping to do that. So uh, unless there's anything else you, you've you got in the docket, Chris. 
No, I think I'm good. Um, you guys, if you're listening to this and you made it this far, um, I appreciate it. <laughs> Respect. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely hit us up and, you know, tell us what you want to hear. Absolutely. Hit us up on Twitter um, or just on if we should, we'll, probably, we'll probably share this on Instagram, all the other all the other general areas. And uh, there'll be more to come. But we we do appreciate you listening this whole time. Um, and stay tuned for the next episode of whatever podcast name this has. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs> Thanks, guys.